uh, we will look a little at uh, how to prepare uh, for death, for our death. And I think this con question is more is more connected with the question: How do I want to be now in my life? Why? What? What do I want to express in my life now? How do I want to live? How can I fertilize? and nurture that vision of myself. How do I relate to the aspects in me, to the parts of me, to the conditioning in me and the habits which sabotages being my, my best self? When the teaching it sometimes says uh, the way we are going to die will be is the way we are living. I guess there is some some truth in that. So if we cultivate judgment, if we cultivate hardness or harshness towards ourselves, then uh, it's very likely that these habits, uh, that they will be present at the time of death. Maybe you have uh, read about uh, the death of Mahatma Gandhi, who was shot. And uh, so that's the, a very sudden death. And uh, it is said that When he was shot, he said, Ram, Ram, Ram. So, which is you know, one of the many words uh, pointing to God. So that's very inspiring. Uh, so what, what would you wish will be your Ram, Ram, Ram? He was able to do that because uh, in his life he deepened and cultivated his connection to God uh, on a daily basis. So it's not like we hope that our last word will be not shit. <laughs> <laughs> But our last word will be Ram, and not only the word, but uh, you know, the word or the symbol, the, this gesture, then is connected uh, with, uh, with your homing instinct. So you, you not only say Ram, but you feel Ram. And you feel Ram because you uh, prioritized your relationship to Ram now, throughout your life. And it is important that, that this is something personal, something which, um, which is not, uh, you know, 
like something we think we should do or in the Buddhist books it says, you know, I have to take refuge to Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. That, that doesn't work. So it has to be genuine. It will be something different for all of us, some different words, some different, some different experience. And then in our daily life and in our practice, we, uh, we cultivate that. And we use situations in our life where we feel triggered to make that move towards harm, towards peace, towards love, towards emptiness, towards whatever works for you. And it has to be very simple. So if you're hit by a car, I mean, there's not the time for complicated, memorized uh, practices. It has to be something very close, very familiar, very, very natural. Something you can slip into. And for some people, it might be the memory of the Dalai Lama or, or a mantra like Omani Pemohum. What what could it be for you? So that's that's the the question. And then you can check yourself in uh, in sickness, in loss, when you lose things, when you lose people, when you're triggered. Then you can you can use that as opportunities to. To go towards the light, to go towards Ram, to sink in. Let's uh, take some time for just sitting quietly together, particularly emphasizing the together. So if you feel that togetherness, the field which we join when we join a meditation like this. Uh, so that field is available to us all the time. The Sangha is always around us. And I invite you to take your seat as a son or a daughter of all the Buddhas in this lineage. And we sitting with the confidence that awake awareness is already here. And then the shift happens from the head into the body. And uh, at this moment we still can take our breath as an ally. But of course, uh, in the death process, 
there will be no breath at one point, quite early on. It's one of the first things which we'll seize is the in and out breath. So the breath can be only a provisional entry point. And then the out-breath, a softening and opening. senses are open. Allowing this moment to be what it is. Relaxing into the weather, the inner and outer weather. then you become aware that whatever you experience right now is an appearance within awareness, within consciousness, within mind. The experience of this body, the breath, thoughts, but also the sounds and the sense of being in a room with other people. You recognize all of this as an appearance within mind, within consciousness, within awareness. In this way, you could say that the experience of this moment is like a dream. And the appearances are made from the same stuff as your dreams. So they vividly appear, but they they don't have any substance. They are unfindable if you look closely. Yet they appear. So they are real and not real. And if you are able to do that, if you allow that to happen, then something opens up. There might be a bit more spaciousness.
است and whatever comes to the foreground pleasant or unpleasant you allow that to happen it's like a cloud appearing and there's space for everything to just appear If you want it to be different than it is, you suffer. So that's grasping. In meditation we learn to relax grasping. Notice that you get entangled, you make a backward step. Into witnessing. Notice that everything what you experience right now, if you look closely, that it doesn't have any substance. Even the experience of solidness, the experience itself, you look at it and you see it's nothing there, nothing findable. It's all energy, which comes and goes by itself. Notice that also the sense of me and the stories around me, memories, fears of the future, that all of that is also part of the clouds, part of what you are aware of. 
a sense of this body is an experience. It is something you are aware of. So all you think you are is uh, appearances within awareness, within consciousness. Everything you feel you are is an appearance within awareness, within consciousness. And notice that that what you're aware of, thoughts, feelings, sensations, sounds, comes and goes. But you are always there. Here you with a capital letter. Capital letter U. You are, you are there. You are still there when a certain thought has passed or a certain feeling has passed. When a sound has passed, you remain. You with a capital letter. You remain like the sky remains. Or you remain like the mirror remains, even if there's all kinds of reflection appearing in the mirror. You as the witness remains. You as uh, the spacious presence within which everything comes and goes. You remain. Rest as that you, the capital letter you. And that you has no boundaries. There's no time. It doesn't change. What is change, what is changing is what that you is aware about. The stories, the sensations, they change. Thoughts are recognized as thoughts. They are objects of awareness. They are happening to you.
gravitate to the thought-free you, to the timeless you. And rest. So I notice it's a bit difficult for me to talk about this, this whole stuff, <laughs> because in, in order to, to do that in a somewhat meaningful way, I, I need to think about the future, and that's just the thought. So. how to prepare for death, <laughs> an imagined future event. Yeah. Maybe to be more authentic in this, I could ask myself, how do I want to be here now? Because this is all there is, right? This is it. And life is life and death is happening now. So how do you want to be here? In the eternal now. In the infinite now. And uh, I'm just sharing some of my possible responses to this is um, what I would like to nurture is wonderment. 
It's just like, wow, this is amazing. Colors, shapes, breath. And there comes the next one. (gasps) (laughs) And it's fresh. It's always new. How do I want to be here is feeling the connection between us. Just this wonder of relationship, of friendship. How I want to be here is to be to celebrate, to really acknowledge how precious it is that we are here surrounded by the sacred images of the Tibetan tradition. How I want to be here is that I wish, my intention is to be an instrument of essence love. How I want to be here is whatever I feel right now. Right now I felt a bit embarrassed about what I just said. Oh, to be the instrument of essence <laughs> love is just like... Holy shit! <laughs> so I feel felt embarrassed. So that was just like this energy, you know. Ah, it made me a little hot, and then it came up, and I want to open my jacket. <laughs> that's I. That's how I want to be here. I want to be here with curiosity, with wonderment, with gratefulness. I want to be here with generosity. So I'm expressing my generosity by not stopping to talk. (laughs) And I want to be here to celebrate the beauty of all of you and yeah, of the, of this, of just what is. And I want to be here with humor. And I want to be here uh, holding up the banner of nonviolence.
and uh, I want to be here with kindness towards failing in that. Because we are humans, so if I get criticized, if I feel rejected, then something in me starts a counterattack. And uh, yeah, I want to be able to allow that. without hating myself. I just want to be in love. And I want to be so radically in love that I even want to love not being in love. Losing love. I want to I want to be here as authentically as possible neither needing to kind of push others away with my presence nor holding back I want to enjoy this moment because it's a unique moment. It never ever happened before. And it will never ever happen again. And together we can witness this. We are aware. That's the biggest mystery. that awareness. I want to have fun. And uh, I'm not necessarily talking about loud fun. Just that sense of celebration. I want to be I want to be really present to the sounds to what I see to what I feel yeah I want to be here I don't want to be caught in the past and in the future I want to drink the water of life where it is in the present moment And I want to recognize all of this as empty, having no substance, yet being so rich, not being findable, but vividly appearing. I wish I could be fearless in this, but I'm not. So that's why I want to be tender and gentle to the fear. I don't want to prepare for death. I want to be alive now. (laughs) Really, truly alive. And then 
I want to sink in into, into the light. And uh, to sink in into the light means to sink through whatever I feel right now. And then I have a confidence, I have a trust that if I make that or I allow my life to move into this, what I'm just trying to share, that then I will be present for an event which might be called my death in the same way. With wonderment, with curiosity, with a capacity to feel my feelings, with a capacity to give space to failing, With a, with a tenderness and kindness to my human condition. And it's changing all the time, you see? It's just like, it doesn't stop, I can't stop it. There's not, I, I can't stop this. This is going on, this is, yeah. Even if I stop to talk now, something will happen. You know, some of you will maybe start to leave because it gets boring or it doesn't stop. It's just going on. And I find it almost stupid to, no, that's stupid to say it like that. I find it inconceivable. that it just stops. This doesn't stop. It doesn't. It can't. So I had to say this. So, so and now let's talk about preparing for that. <laughs> <laughs> So it seems like uh, to develop uh, this kind of flexibility in life, to meet whatever comes, yeah. is could be very useful at death because we don't know how to die, when to die, or, or yeah. how it will. Uh, it could be accidental, it could be yeah. instead of being stuck with one practice, this will be the solution, and maybe. You can't do it. Yes. Uh, and then stress. Yes. Uh, but one thing is, um, I have some good news for you. You will successfully die. So, it's just going to happen. This is just. You know, this body, this body, you know, knows, knows how to die. It's just going to do it. We are not going to fail. <laughs> oh, I don't know how to die. It's, it's just like, uh, it's 
going to happen. So we don't need to be afraid to fail and die in dying. Huh? I say so. Yes. Yes. Uh, before I have had this thought that uh, because I, I think I believe in reincarnation and, and in life before and after it's continued life in many lifetime. And then then I think that I have been dying of this body or perhaps I didn't think like this last year life before but but uh, I have died many times so I so uh, in one way, I must know how it is, I think. Sure. <laughs> in one way, there, there can be a, a memory of how it is to die. And then I had, when I think like that, then I feel, uh, and I feel, uh, safe. Mm. Then, then I fe felt safe when I took it. Mm. But then I, when I start to read this uh, Buddhist uh, text and, yeah. and how, how to die and yeah. how to yeah. learn to die, <laughs> yeah. oh, it can be it can be difficult to die <laughs> because it can be that it can be that and, yes. and you can go to the old yeah. different realms and and, and so yeah. so so that, <laughs> that, that but but before you said mm. that it it can be good to be a little bit scared it. it not good. It can be um, to be a little bit scary about it. Mm. To, to be scared, to have some uh, because uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't it know either. But I, I, I record. I, I think I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. no, this is something I. I struggle uh, in the relationship with my teaching, with, uh, with, with, the, with the teachings and also that makes it sometimes a bit difficult to, to teach because um, instead of uh, being empowered uh, Somehow, we Westerners, we might hear the teachings in a way that increases our insecurity, increases our fear, increases a sense of not being good enough and needing to work hard. And uh, so, so it, it's uh, it, it's not it, it's not easy to read the teachings and the texts in a way that uh, it lightens our life. It makes us traveling lighter. Yeah? And one of the problems, one of the problem is that we tend to take teachings literally. Like, Uh, the teachings on karma, the teachings on the realms. Um, we, we read them and then we, uh, we, we, we solidify them too much. And uh, 
and then we get scared. So it's important when, when we hear the teachings on karma and preparation for death and that um, we realize, we see that these are concepts, stories, words, maps. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sorry uh, for any kind of teaching <laughs> I ever gave the last 12 years here, uh, which, um, which didn't uh, lighten you up, which didn't make you travel lighter. But instead of, you know, um, creating fears which you didn't have before. Yes. Um, <clears throat> what I like with you as a teacher, and there are many things, but one very important thing is that you are um, rather transparent in the way you speak. Mm. You speak from your experience yeah. of knowledge, and you really try to make an effort to not say anything which you haven't chewed on. Mm. So you give us chewed food, mm. and, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we are babies, and you are uh, <laughs> and, uh, small birds. Uh, but, but this is so precious. If, um, I'm a teacher myself sometimes, I really struggle with this too, mm. and mm. I have so many bad, now I get sad, um, I have read psycho psychology, and I have so many bad experiences of academic teachers who have misunderstood the whole very rich teaching. Mm. They have solid, solidified, solidified, mm. Mm. take it literally. Yes. And they were so afraid, and they mm. gave me and many with me mm. their afraidness with the teaching. Mm. Yes. So That's it was right. poisoned teaching. Yeah. yeah. So, so even yes. if you don't succeed always, it's I see your effort, and mm. that's so. That's so. Soothing, and mm. so yeah, I want you to know that. Yes, thank you. Mm. And I also wanted to know. I, I haven't attended your sessions before, but mm. at least today, is is I think you kind of succeed because at least to me, it feels a such big relief to know it doesn't matter how many times we fail in life, but in the end, we're going to be successfully dead. <laughs> so at least we're, it's such a fulfilling feeling, you know, like we accomplished this. So we're gonna win, we're gonna make it. So it's, it's great. I mean, eventually we're gonna win. We're the winner of life. So it's, it's great, right? Yeah, it's looking forward to it now. <laughs> it's amazing. Thanks. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so what you said about uh, um, that uh, it happens. I mean, a, a Tibetan teacher 
when he taught teaches this stuff he doesn't have that relationship to these teachings of fear and guilt but many interpretations of western teacher you can you can feel how there's fear and guilt in it and it is in the teachings and and you know so then we attend teachings and because and then we leave the teachings more than a more than a sinner than before. Yeah? We, we become sinners during during the service. Yeah, before we were just ourselves, <laughs> and and then we enter the service, the ritual or the teaching, and then we have a burden to carry, yeah? a burden of guilt and fear. Yeah. So, but let's. I, I I want to stick a bit to the to the to this question: how to prepare? How to prepare for death? Is that why um, uh, some the texts are scary? Because the Tibetans are not burdened by guilt and fear, mm -hmm. yes. so I need really to shake them up to to realize. Maybe that could be things. that could be, yeah. Because they are brought up in another way with this uh, Buddha yes. nature. Yes. Mm -hmm. Knowing yes. they are good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. So one of the important things regarding preparing for death is to emphasize a direct experience of no self. And uh, here we, we we might start with a with an intellectual understanding. Teaching the teaching, uh, listening to teachings on no self, on the emptiness of the self, the unfindability of the self, becoming aware of this this identification with the narrative self, and putting uh, putting putting the time and the energy into that. Who dies? One Buddhist teacher wrote a book with that title, Who Dies? Yes, and I have been talking about that a lot. Yeah. Describing uh, the level of the narrative self becoming aware of that, becoming aware of that identification and making the meditative effort to self-inquire, you know, really burning for the question, who am I really? And 
following that self-inquiry not half-heartedly, not just as a philosophy, but bringing it into our experience. The experience of no self is something reachable. It's not... Uh, I mean, it's far far from what the Tibetan, Tibetan tradition calls enlightenment. Uh, but freedom from that kind of self-centered suffering, which is most of our suffering, is definitely possible within, within this life. So the, the other part of that, uh, the realization of no self, re- realizing that that sense of a center, that sense of a central position is completely made up. It's a fantasy. It's a, it's a creation by the conceptual mind. So the other side of that is, and that's kind of what I mostly somehow talk about in my teachings and what I mostly point to in my guided meditation is uh, in a, the experience of awareness itself, mind itself, <clears throat> unconditioned, non-dual awareness. And to burn for that. Uh, to, to be curious about what is pointed to when the Tibetans talk about the nature of mind or Rigpa or Buddha nature, non-dual awareness. Um, what is it? What, no, this is not a philosophy. It is a uh, attempt in the Tibetan tradition to share uh, a common and shared human experience, something which is not only discovered in the Tibetan tradition, but in all mystic mystic traditions. So both, you, you start to investigate into what you're not, and you, in the same time, you start to experience what you really are. So then, what uh, is important here, at least in the context of the Mahayana tradition, is to look into why would you do it? What's the intention? So when we think about preparing for our death, you know, my death, the most important death in all universes. (laughs) How do how do do I prepare for my death so that I get away with with as little as suffering for me. Yeah? So, the, so that is uh, 
That's very modest. <laughs> so then we come to the to the topic and to the exploration of bodhicitta, to nurture and to connect with the natural goodness in you, you know, which wants to move and which wants to be expressed through this body, the one you're traveling with right now, to establish, to find the intention within us to die gracefully for the benefit of others. And maybe um, if you have children, and those of us we, who don't have children, we can think of you know, the people in our life as our children. I mean, the way you are going to die and the way you move through sickness, this is such a powerful example you can set in the life of your children, in the life of your friends. So then, uh, then our, our way to move through old age, sickness and death, can really touch people and will touch people in both ways. So now, again, we need to be careful uh, you know, not, not to make that into a burden and you know, into a fear. And, um, because we might think it's about you know, being cool or something like that, <laughs> or being standing above it or you know, something like that. But just to have the intention, the aspiration, so may, may my death and may my, may my old age and my sickness and my death, uh, may that benefit others, and particularly those people I love. Just to have that intention is so beautiful. What, what does that mean? To benefit? I don't understand. To... to the, the way you you move through crisis in your life. How can that benefit? Uh, if you move through crisis in your life with kindness. But I cannot decide how the other people should perceive my. Or yeah, but I misunderstood. No, no, you 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 didn't misunderstand, but. Uh, if you, in a crisis, become bitter, then the people around you will notice that. If you can travel to a time of crisis with some space and with some kindness towards yourself, then other people will notice that. The way you respond to the events in your life affects everyone who is around you.
I have an example. No, just. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to think of it. Uh, yeah. Yes. It's just uh, sorry. Mm. I just wanted to maybe it could explain a little bit what you said uh, to you. My mom's grew just that that uh, dad two weeks ago. It's a sudden death. Who? My mom's guru, it's a Tibetan oh. monk, mm. and he was giving initiations um, and everybody's expecting him to give a summary, it's supposed to be the last day, but then just then they found out he's, he passed with no sign, just sitting there uh, mm. and then just passed in a very peaceful way. Mm. And then everybody got so shocked at the beginning, but then in the end they really benefit by his death, because then it's actually a teaching of impermanence. Mm. And also, he also shows the way of dying. It can be beautiful and peaceful. Mm. And after one week, his body shrink to just this, this big, which mm. means the practice actually really exists. Mm. So he proved himself by this sudden death. Mm. Of course, it brings grief, but also brings like more belief into the practice. Mm. So a lot of his disciples right now is really like hardworking to uh, they want to like go after him towards this past that they can die gracefully in this way mm. and also benefit other people around them to make them believe more into the truth and this past. So I'm not sure if this is a kind of example, but uh, I think this kind of like you said, this is also a way to benefit people around you by how you die. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm. That's what I mean. Mm. I, I, I'm not expecting that I can die in meditation posture and then shrink. <laughs> 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 that would be... Uh, and uh, uh, personally, I'm inspired by that. Um, uh, by that, because, you know, I've, um, I've witnessed, or I, I have been some of the teachers I, I have had, uh, they died and they, all of them died in such inspiring ways. And uh, yeah, that's my, that's my intention. And of course, I don't know, but I, I will give my best. <laughs> uh, can I say yeah. something? I think uh, this is, is, of course, amazing. But somehow I feel so I'm so long way away from that point. But also, um, I was thinking about my mother who just uh, looked at me in the last days and said that she's not afraid and she's uh, ready to go. Mm. And that has affected me really a lot uh, for four years now, uh, just to look into these eyes that are so so close to death and are so clear and are so mm. determined to yes. go. Uh, yeah. That made a big shift in yes. just a very ordinary words from a very ordinary mother. Yes, um, but that's what I mean. I'm not talking about miracles. Uh, yes, yeah. that's what I mean. So. When when you say uh, so, you are not there, but since your mother showed you, 
you can do the same for your children. I hope. Yeah, you hope. <laughs> but we not only need to hope, we can also uh, cultivate these qualities. Uh, how? By, by using the little deaths, the sickness now, the loss now, to respond to them with that, what shines through your mother's eyes. So that, uh, that, it, becomes a, that it becomes a kind of baseline of living. 